Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citra Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the Oakland Athletics and the San Francisco Giants and their upcoming series from a betting perspective over the course of the next few days. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. July is underway and a great month for sports. If you're into sports betting, BetOnline is where you should go to win money today. With the NBA Finals ending and the second half of the MLB season starting, there's still plenty of action to get involved with. And if you're a football better, there are a ton of futures and props that you could wager on as well. BetOnline has all of the latest odds and news and information for all your sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Bed Maria Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network. Before we going on break, we previewed what we're doing for this week's show. Once again, talking about some baseball, but... Before we do that, we're going to quickly recap what happened last week, and we had our first losing week in about two months. Uh, You looked at Oakland, we thought they would end up winning the final three games against Seattle, and that killed us because they ended up losing all three games uh, from Friday to Sunday against Seattle. So, got all three of those wrong, and then in the Giants-Pittsburgh series, I thought that Pittsburgh would win game one, so we got that right. And then we thought the Giants would win the next two games. Giants lost game two and then won game three. So 2-1 and one with the Giants, 0-3 oh with Oakland, and they're going 2-4 and four overall. But Oakland, when you pick a team to sweep and they get swept, it's pretty tough to have a winning week. But either way, uh, we'll shake it off, look for a winning week here. But we're going to start off talking about the Oakland Athletics, and we're going to start off by talking about what happened with the rest of the week. And the fact is, after the Seattle series, they somewhat bounced back, kind of, against San Diego as they split the two games there in Petco Park. Now they're traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Angels, and you have a pretty intense four-game series taking place. However, we're going to skip the Thursday game and only look at the weekend stuff. So, starting with the Friday matchup, you have Bassett on the mound against Sandoval, and Bassett, we know how good he's been all season long. Just to look at his numbers, 10-3 and record, 3.46 ERA, 1.06 whip. Sandoval, on the other hand, 3-4 3-4 record, 3.52 ERA, and a 1.10 whip. However, Sandoval did have that almost no-no in his last start, so he does enter this in very solid form. But his home numbers are not that great. 1-3 record, pretty decent ERA, though, 3.79. And he'll be looking for a pretty solid performance after the 8-2 one-hit performance against Minnesota. 13 strikeouts as well. So Oakland will try to get to him. Luckily for them, though, Bassett, of course, has been getting a lot of help this season. Even though he has good numbers, he's 10-3. So Oakland is scoring for him, and I think Oakland will get this job done. The Angels are one game over. Uh, Do I think that they're a good team? No. Uh, The bullpen's atrocious. We already know that. And we know that some of the 
rotation is not great. Sandoval is probably their second best starter behind Otani, which is a serious problem long term. But I do think the A's will get the job done on Friday. Now looking at Saturday, you have Irvin against Beria. And Barry is one of those pitchers for the Angels, which kind of sums up why I think this rotation stinks. It's because Barry's in it, and he has a 6.23 ERA. He's never really been a good pitcher at all. Uh, you look at his his performances this season, pretty interesting. Started in April, two innings, seven runs. Faced off against Cleveland, four innings, one hit. And then faced off against Minnesota on the 25th of July, seven innings, four hits, two runs. The interesting part, though, is that each of those starts were at least, or appearances were at least a month apart from each other. He pitched in April, he pitched in May, and then he skipped June and pitched in July. So he's really not been that involved so far this season, and I do think that Oakland should get to him. Uh, Irvin is a pitcher that I like. I know that he is, record-wise, not exactly the greatest, but we have talked about in the past how wins and losses don't really matter that much in today's baseball because a lot of it's out of the pitcher's control. Irvin's 7-9, but he has a 3.62 ERA and a 1.190 whip. He's been solid, and the issue has been run support. But I do think he'll get the job done here, and I do think that Barry is going to struggle against this A's lineup. And that's going to take us into the Sunday game, which is going to be a matchup between Caprillian and Otani. Now, Caprillian had a blow-up start in his last outing. Still has good numbers, 3.24 year and a 1.16 whip, but his last start against the Padres, four and a third, seven hits, six earned runs. Not great, and that is definitely concerning. Now on the road, he's also struggled. I mentioned the 3.24 overall ERA, but he has a 4.91 ERA on the road. So he's a lot better in the Coliseum than in opposing ballparks. I think he's going to struggle. And Otani has been very solid all season long. We know that he was an all-star for a reason as a hitter and a pitcher. And I do think that the Angels will end up winning the series finale. So, I like the Athletics to win Friday and Saturday. And I think that the Angels will end up winning on Sunday behind a nice performance from Otani. Anyway, that's going to segue us to the Giants. And we're going to look at their upcoming weekend matchup against the Astros. Interleague matchup there. So, they do have one game left against the Dodgers. It's going to be taking place shortly, but... We're not going to talk about it. We're going to simply just skip ahead talking about Friday. But once again, we're going to quickly uh, just recap what happened after the weekend series against Pittsburgh. And that is a chop of two games against the Dodgers. Ended up winning 2-1 to one in the Tuesday game with that overthrow by Bellinger to third base. And then got shelled yesterday 8-0 uh, with Bueller on the mound. And he was absolutely dealing. And DiScalfani got shelled early. Anyway... Uh, looking at the Friday matchup, you have Gaussman against Valdez. Now, Gaussman struggled against Pittsburgh, one of his worst starts of the year. And meanwhile, Valdez was good in his last outing, but he has been pretty up and down so far this season. Valdez has good numbers, sub-3 ERA, 2.97, but him lately, it's kind of been a mix of good starts and bad starts. Five innings, ten hits, six runs against Oakland. Four innings, three runs against the against the Yankees. Six innings, six and a third innings four runs against Chicago, and then six scoreless innings, actually no hit innings against the Rangers. So he's had some good starts, some bad starts, overall good, but lately I will acknowledge that his numbers have been taking a bit of a dip. Whereas you look at Gaussman, and it's kind of been the opposite. Uh, well, it's actually kind of been similar, but unlike the no-hit performance against the Rangers, he got shelled in his last outing against the against the Pirates. Now, luckily for the Giants, this will be at home. 
So the Astros will have to use AL pitchers batting in the lineup, which of course is a disadvantage unless you have Granky on the mound, which the Astros do on Saturday. We'll get into that in a bit. For this matchup, though, I actually like the Astros in the spot. Gaussman has been a little bit inconsistent lately. I know the Dodgers shelled him early in two starts ago. Pittsburgh shelled him in his last start. I don't want to say that Gaussman is on the verge of a massive collapse, but I think we can all agree that he's been overachieving up to this point. So I do take notice of that. Meanwhile, Valdez will sharpen his last outing. I think that the Astros do enough offensively to get the job done. I'll take Houston in this Friday game. Now, looking at the Saturday game, you have Alex Wood taking on Zach Granke. And in this spot, I'm actually going to go with Granke. Uh, Granke has been solid all year long. Uh, just to go through the actual numbers, Zach Granke, 10-3, 3.48 ERA, 1.12 whip. Alex Wood's been good also, though. 9-3 record, 3.65 ERA, and a 1.17 whip. Granke, though, the thing that you got to keep in mind with him is the fact that on the road, he has been immaculate. He has a 5-0 record on the road, 2.25 ERA. So he's really struggled to minimate park, but in opposing ballparks, he's been great. And I do think that Houston has a lot of quality bats against lefty pitching, and I think that Wood might struggle a little bit more than people anticipate in the Saturday game. So, I like Granke to get the job done, and I like Houston to win Game 2 of the series, and that'll take us to the series finale on Sunday between Webb and Garcia, and I'm going to take the Giants in this spot. Now, Webb has been a pleasant surprise, as he has a 3.36 ERA, 1.19 whip. Now, Garcia has better numbers technically, 3.19 ERA and a 1.08 whip. Both numbers are pretty comparable, though, but Garcia... You want to look at the numbers on the road. He's been really underwhelming. He's been underwhelming compared to his overall ERA. I'll rephrase that. But he is a 3-2 record, 4.54 ERA on the highway. And I don't exactly like that. I also think that the Giants, after losing the first two games, will be, I don't want to say extra motivated, because that's a classic cliche, but I do think that they'll realize that they can't really afford to get swept with the Dodgers breathing down their neck. So I think the Giants bounce back, and I think they'll win the series finale. But... Once again, it's going to quickly bring us to the recap of my thoughts for both series. And then I'll actually go into some stats, looking at both teams and the team leaders, etc. Looking at Oakland one more time, I like Oakland to win the Friday game, the Saturday game, and I think they'll lose on Sunday against Otani. Meanwhile, the Giants, I actually have the exact opposite. I think that they are going to lose on Friday, lose on Saturday, and then win on Sunday. So I have both teams going 2-1 and one in those three-game stretches. But taking us to the actual stats, we're going to start off with Oakland, and we're going to look at the team leaders and how the team overall has been doing. I know they made a pretty big move at the deadline, trading Lazardo for Sterling Marte. I know Marte's a rental. I am curious if Oakland is going to re-sign him or if they're just going to let him walk in for agency. But Lazardo was a non-factor. Uh, he was terrible this season, and he wasn't really pitching. So Oakland got, I don't want to say a dead asset because the years of control and him potentially bouncing back at the age of 23 are still possible. I'm not a big Lazardo guy. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I know he was a very sought-after prospect. Uh, sure, you have a lot of prospects that struggle once they go to the next level, and Lazardo's gotten worse every year he's been in the majors. So I thought Oakland won the trade, even if Marte's going to leave after the year. But you're looking at the A's who are in possession of the second wildcard spot, and you have to look at the fact that Matt Olson has been carrying the offense on all, pretty much in every single direction. He's leading the team in batting average, home runs, RBIs, and hits. 
The only thing that he's not leading is OBP, which is Mark Kana. I'm sure a lot of you would not have guessed it was Kana. But still, Olsen's been great. We already know that. Chapman has been great defensively, as he always is, but he's still only batting 221, which has been an issue for the last year and change. I still think the worst player who starts every day is Elvis Andrews, who I think is absolutely atrocious, which is why you have had some rumors with the A's potentially going after a Chris Bryant or maybe even, uh, I don't want to say story, but a potential shortstop replacement because I really think Andrews is terrible. And I know that he used to be really good on the Rangers, had a couple of good years there, and people were kind of shocked that Texas got rid of him for basically nothing. I think we know why. I know he's batting 235 compared to Chapman's 221, but two home runs, 24 RBIs. He had some brutal at-bats against the Mariners with some runners in scoring position uh, over the past weekend. I just don't think he's very good. And I think that the A's, if you want to talk about them upgrading at positions, outfield was one, but shortstop's got to be the next position to address because Andrews isn't cutting it. But you're looking at the rest of the guys. Lowry's been decent. 258, uh, 258 average, uh, 11 home runs, 50 RBIs. To go through everything else, though, Loriano's been decent. Of course, injuries have played a factor, as they always have, because he's played 82 games out of the 103 so far of the season. But you're looking at the numbers, still has 14 home runs, 37 RBIs, 11 stolen bases, and we know that he's still a very solid outfielder with a cannon for an arm. Other than that, a uh, decent amount of home runs from Sean Murphy at catcher. 13 home runs, 47 RBIs, batting two t- uh, batting 217, sorry, with a 305 OBP. Murphy also had some pretty brutal at-bats against the Mariners. Do I think Murphy's a good catcher? No, but I don't think he's awful, awful. So I don't think they're going to do anything there. I think Murphy's going to be the catcher for the rest of the season. I really like Tony Kemp, though. Uh, I know that Kemp is not exactly playing every day at second base, but I think he arguably should be playing every day because I think he's really good. I know that occasionally he plays different positions, etc., but he just puts together good at-bats. There's only no other way to put it. I know he's got a 256 batting average, but you're looking at the OBP for him. He has the... Uh, second highest OBP on the entire team. So I think he should play every day. I think that he is a very solid player who just always seems to be in the right place at the right time. And he's the kind of guy who you want up with the guys on base late in games. He just puts together good at bats, makes contact, and usually delivers. I like Kemp a lot, and I think he'll play a big role for Oakland down the stretch. But uh, you're definitely going to look at Marte and where he's going to end up Fitting in with the lineup, uh, you have to wonder what exactly they're going to do with some of the current setups. I expect Connor to continue playing. Uh, I expect Loriano to continue playing. And other than that, though, um, Piscotti has not been good. I know that they've tried to rotate Seth Brown in there as a pinch hitter, but he's below the Mendoza line at 200. He's been atrocious at the plate, so I don't think he'll pretty much play ever. But you're looking at the situation where... Marte is definitely a boost, and I do think that'll help uh, Oakland with a little bit more offensive firepower down the stretch. But that's going to take us to the Giants looking at their respective uh, stats. And the Giants have had a lot of steady home run contributors, which has been relatively shocking. I've mentioned that so far in the past, but it's continued to pick up. And to go through all the home run guys, we'll start off with Brandon Crawford, who has had a phenomenal season. Uh, after struggling for the last couple of years, 
He is batting 286 with 18 home runs, team high, 58 RBIs, team high, and team high in hits. So kind of the Olsen effect. He's leading in four of the five categories and definitely has been impressive. Now, you're looking at everyone else. San Francisco has a lot of guys with double-digit home runs. Just to go through the amounts, you have Crawford with 18, Yastrzemski with 16, Posey with 13. I know he's now injured, but still he's at 13. Flores at 12, Wade Jr. at 12, Belt at 11, Dickerson at 10, and Roof, or Ruff with, uh, sorry, Ruff with uh, 10. But once again, that's a pretty decent amount of guys. That's eight guys with double-digit home runs. The RBIs have been there because of the home runs as well. Now, to so go through everyone else, Yastrzemski has been heating up since the All-Star break, which was needed because he had a pretty brutal first half. But he's been getting back on track, and the pitching staff's been good as well. Uh, of course, I've mentioned Gaussman, who struggled lately, but been great overall. Tiscofani got shelled yesterday, but he's been very good. Wood's been good. Cueto's been a pretty steady option there as a 4 or 5. Webb's been solid. A lot of pretty good pieces, and the bullpen has been holding the fourth down. So, overall, good stuff by the Giants, and hopefully they keep it up, because we know it's going to be a dogfight between them and the Dodgers for first place for the rest of the season. So hopefully they're able to hold on. But that has been this installment of the Ben and Brad Podcast. Good, good luck to all of you and respect the best today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.